Welcome back to In The Loop, a WordPress podcast by Blackbird Digital, where we're discussing web development and design topics with people from all sides of the WordPress community. I'm Megan, and in this episode, Corey and I will be interviewing Mike Demo of Codable. Mike Demo is the expert community development lead at Codable, which is a platform where top WordPress freelancers can get connected to clients and find new projects. We're going to be picking his brain a bit about tips for freelancers and agencies that are looking to grow their business. And if you have questions about WordPress, website development, agency life, or anything else web-related that you'd like to hear us discuss in future episodes, send an email to podcast at blackbird.digital, and you can find us on Twitter at intheloop underscore WP. we have Mike Demo. Mike Demo recently became the expert community developer lead at Codable after spending five years at InMotion hosting for Web Ventures and Bold Grid. Demo is also the former treasurer of Open Source Matters, which is the legal entity of the Joomla CMS, and he loves tiki bars and theme parks. Welcome, Mike. Welcome. Hello. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Megan and Corey. Of course. So nice to have you. Yeah. So before we dive in uh, to advice for freelancers and agencies, because that's what we're here for, um, could you tell us a little bit about your background and your various jobs that you've had over the years? Yeah, sure. So I used to do agency work focused primarily in the banking and private equities sectors. So helping hundreds of banks and credit unions, you know, at an agency that specialized in that and then an agency that specialized in private equity firms where I was the senior dev. And I really found a passion for open source and community building. And so then I started volunteering more. And at that time, I was using the Joomla content management system because I started with Mambo and then migrated to Joomla when the great migration happened away from Mambo to the Joomla fork. And I really fell in love with it. And I had an opportunity when I was volunteering at the Joomla booth at uh, hosting con global in new orleans i ran into todd the owner of inmotion hosting who i happened to know at a conference when i took him snorkeling and i had a job a couple weeks later um and he's like is this it's wordpress is that okay i'm like yeah that's fine um and he sent me to a WordCamp to make sure i wouldn't burn up when i entered you know make sure i was welcome <laughs> and I, it was the same community. Open source is open source. Um, my famous saying that I stole from a friend of mine, Jessica Dunbar, is uh, I'm not married to a CMS. I'm in an open source relationship. So, uh, and WordPress gave me, so WordPress gave me that. So I started at Boldgrid, which is an in-motion hosting product. Um, it's a page builder um, and other set of tools. As their open source evangelist, traveled to a bunch of WordCamps, met a lot of great people. Uh in motion got made new plugins. We acquired some plugins with our web venture brand. Then I helped the web venture brand acquire some more products, things like W3 Total Cast and WeForms and Elegant Marketplace, uh, you know, and Ramnode hosting. Um, it was the last deal that I was fortunate enough to work on. And I met some amazing people in this community. And one of those people I met uh, was Christopher Churchill, who's at Codable. Um, we met at a conference last year during the pandemic, um, the uh, the, w, the agency summit that Vita was running. And we started talking and then this position got posted and we, you know, and I was lucky enough to join the Codable team as doing community, which 
is my passion. And now I'm helping our develop expert developers um, work on what their goals are while still being involved in open source and tech and all that good stuff. So basically agency life to open source life, community work, evangelism work um, pretty quickly. And then during that time, I was also the treasurer of Joomla, which is the second largest content management system still to this day, barely above Drupal by like 0.25%, but it's still number two. Um, and that was interesting being able to be a, you know, only one of two people that can go to jail for the second most popular way to make websites on the planet um, was, in, was a very interesting learning experience. Uh, I wouldn't uh, change it for the world. However, they asked me, uh, you know, a year ago if I wanted to run again and I was like, Nope, I'm good. So, um, you know, I'm happy to focus on WordPress right now and the wonderful community that we have here. Amazing. Are you like considering getting involved in that type of capacity, like in the WordPress side, or you're just kind of like, got that checked off your list, don't want to touch it again? It, it's interesting. So I was on the Joomla board when Joomla went through the restructuring from a governance standpoint. So Joomla was set up from a legal standpoint, very liberally at the beginning um, as a reactionary entity um, against some of the co-founders of Mambo. But that also had issues when we were trying to get when Joomla was trying to get sponsors and things. So we had to restructure um, and redo bylaws and things. And that was an interesting learning experience. But um, I'm happy, you know, trying to go to word camps and, you know, speaking and helping people one on one with mentoring. Um, I have been lucky enough to serve on like small working groups, um, you know, with the project um, on the community side that when they were like a couple of years ago, when they were looking at new, you know, uh, global sponsorship packages, I was on the team that, you know, gave some advice for that. But uh, a high leadership role in the WordPress project is not anywhere on my list right now because uh, it's, it's a big commitment and one that, uh, I'm happy serving out the community that we have at Codable. <laughs> cool. Uh, so events-wise, is Joomla basically comparable to WordPress? Do they have like meetups and then like larger conferences or how are they structured? Similar, but a lot less of them. So Joomla has their Joomla World Conference, which is kind of their big annual-ish conference. They haven't had it in a while. Um, the pandemic didn't help with that, obviously. Uh, and then they have local, what's called Joomla Days, which are kind of like WordCamps. And those are very local, regionalized. You know, there's around, I think, 50, 60 a year, something like that. So there's, you know, uh, a good number of those. And then there is Joomla user groups, which are called Jugs, which kind of exist. So it does exist, um, but the active... Joomla community as far as as far as the people that go to these you know events and things and go to the meetups it's a lot smaller than what you see in WordPress but again that doesn't represent the whole community because most WordPress users never go to a WordCamp and that's okay it, it and so what you the people you see at these events we have to remember isn't the entire user base and we have to service the entire user base when we make decisions and try to make these products for everybody because who we see at a WordCamp is not the majority. It's just one small segment. And Joomla has that same issue, but, you know, on a smaller scale. Interesting. I, I mean, yeah, 
uh, all things considered, um, very interesting. But uh, I, I'd like to get into uh, Codable and and what you do there. And um, before we actually get into any of the specific questions, I'm wondering if you could give us just an overview of what Codable is and what it does. Sure. Codable is the world's largest WordPress freelance marketplace. So we're similar to other freelance marketplaces that you might have heard of, like Upwork or Elance or TopTel, but we specialize just on WordPress experts. We only accept 2% of the developers who apply to work with us, which means you're getting top tier talent. Uh, So then our clients know that whoever they get on our platform will be able to service their needs the first time and correctly. Because of that, we have a very unique pricing model. The minimum hourly rate uh, you will pay as a Codable client is $70 an hour. The average is $100 an hour. And the client will always pay an average across of all estimates given on a project. So if you know, if five experts estimate different amounts, the client will always pay the average of that. And we do that so the client can pick the best person for the job and so that the experts don't feel like they have to sacrifice quality just to undercut someone because there's no advantage of doing that. And we're honestly the only platform that does that. And it makes all the difference in the world because our experts collaborate on making the projects better. The clients get better results at the end of it. And there's no weird $5 an hour bids that are just distracting and cluttering up, you know, and wasting the client's time. Mm-hmm. Is there um, a, a certain like limit to the amount of, of bids or is it just open? Okay. So there is. Yeah, so we allow up to five experts to estimate on any project. Our average right now, um, if you look at the last 60 days, something like 65% of all projects only have two estimates on them. So, uh, you know, that's kind of how we know if we need more developers or more, you know, to fulfill our demand. Because if the majority of projects were maxing out on five estimates, then we need to, you know, maybe pause the new expert acquisition for a while and work on getting new clients because we want to make sure that balance makes sense for both sides. That is a... That does seem really unique on the face of it, like a, a limited pool of, 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 of specific, you know, uh, estimates and, um, you know, that, that sort of uh, pricing model and, and the average. That's, that's very interesting. Is, is the, um, the client base, um, what is the client base like for this website? Is it mostly the, like the end user of the website? Is it agencies that need to offload work? What kinds of, what's the range of the work that happens? Yeah, so it's super interesting. We have a huge range of clients. So we have over 25,000 clients and we've done over 155,000 separate tasks on behalf of those clients. Um, The average project is nine hours in length, but that's pretty deceiving because like you said, there's a lot of just small websites and single website owners that just need a button color change and they don't know what they're doing. And that's just an hour, but we also service, you know, Fortune 100 and Fortune 500 clients that ask for five developers for six months. And those are longer term engagements. So it's really the entire spectrum. Um, So it really depends on what the expert's looking for. We have some experts that really like just the quick, you know, the quick stuff that they can come in, fix it in a couple hours, 
get a couple of those in as they're in between projects on their you know main job and it's just a supplementary source of income. We have other ones that really like the longer term engagements and more complex tasks. And we have people that come to us to build their plugins. Like they'll have a plugin spec'd out and we'll, you know, our developers will um, build it out from scratch and then support it long term. So it it's a silly answer, but the tr the truth is kind of all of the above. <laughs> so on the um, on the expert side, is it mostly people that were like doing freelance and maybe struggling to get clients, and they saw this as an opportunity to like fill that need, or is it um, like are there people that are like running their own business? Side question on that: Do they use the codable branding, or do they have have like their own businesses? Sure. So, uh, yes, the answer to that is also yes. But uh, we do have developers that were agency owners that are now codable experts, uh, and some of them were freelancers before and just use us to supplement their income in between their normal projects. Some of them choose to, you know, have all of their work on codable and other, even if it's a lead that they get themselves um, off the platform, they'll just send them to their profile page to hire them on codable. Other experts just use codable as a way to find new potential work. We do allow boutique agencies on the platform. We don't um, uh, want an agency more than like six or seven developers because we don't want like a 500 person agency sucking up all the work for um, the rest of the community, but we do allow boutique agencies um, that way as well. And it also depends where people live. The needs of our Western uh, Europe and North American developers are very different than our needs from South America, uh, South, Southeast Asia, um, Africa. And that's, what's so cool about us is we don't accept most of our developers. 98% of developers that apply to be an expert don't get accepted. But if they are, they know what they're doing and they're paid the same average of $100 an hour, minimum of 70, no matter where they live. And that can be life-changing for some of our experts and depending on where they happen to live and before they were maybe making three, four, five dollars $5 an hour. So that's what's really cool is we can really um, support these devs being able to do things they never thought possible just because of where they happen to reside, if they can hit our standards. Hmm. And I think uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, that that average in in the number of like estimates that you're getting, if it's low, you know that you might need additional developers on your platform. Do you do, you do any sort of recruiting to find uh, experts? Um, or are you like constantly flooded with applications if you're, if you're only choosing 2%? Uh, no, we're not constantly flooded. Um, we estimate we're going to need to hire another 400 developers in the next 24 months based on how our client growth rate is um, and based on how much our, the average developer chooses to work. Some work full-time, some choose not to work full-time. Um, and we'll always look at that number because we don't want to... Uh, not have enough work for the developers that do want to work. Um, but no, we do a lot of recruiting. Uh, we do a lot of recruiting. We post on a lot of job sites. I do a lot of speed networking sites. We sponsor Women Hack events, HackerX events. We're looking at spots. Um, we've supported some out in tech events, and we might, we're looking at being a sponsor for out in tech next year. And we have to get the word out because a lot of people that tried freelancing, they might have had a bad experience or they might not have made a lot of money or 
they get that scary tax bill at the end of the year and they're like, never again, um, or they don't have insurance. And so these are all issues that we need to solve for our experts. And it varies based on where they live. You know, if they're a U.S. developer, I can give them resources on how to find group health insurance with the freelancers union. Yes, there's a freelancers union if you're U.S. based. Um, if you're in Turkey, that has different banking restrictions, and I can point you to some resources there. So um, it does kind of vary, but we do a lot of recruiting. I do a lot of education and uh, a lot of time trying to find new people. And I also want to find a lot of PHP. I go to a lot of PHP conferences or events, I should say, because conferences haven't started up again, and talk to them, talk to PHP devs and say, hey, you know PHP, what about WordPress? Oh, I'm never going to use WordPress. Well, why? Well, because I don't care about CMSs, but they have the PHP skills. They might be perfect for some of those senior dev full stack projects that we have, and the pay is exactly what they're looking for. So um, it's finding those talented people outside of just the direct WordPress community. So no, I am not flooded with applications. Um, we are still uh, always hiring. Uh, codable.io slash apply has all the information. Well, so for people who may have not been lucky enough to be in that 2%, uh, what kind of advice would you have for people who've applied and kind of been through the process and maybe were rejected? Yeah, so it's interesting. So we try to give feedback if they made it to the test project stage. So we have a couple of earlier um, filters that we do. Like we have them watch a video about Codable, answer some questions on that. We look at their portfolio, their WordPress.org profile, GitHub if they have one. But if you spend the time on a test project, it's gonna take an average developer around 10 hours to complete that. We always try to give constructive criticism and feedback to what they can work on. And then we always give a date on when they're welcome to reapply. Sometimes the code is really strong, but the soft skills might need work. We don't require our experts speak English, but they have to be able to read and write it effectively because our clients are paying a premium rate and they expect you know, uh, professional communications. And that's where we find a, a lot of times where we might point uh, people with good code to other resources and courses. Um, we point people to a lot of um, third-party courses and classes um, and say, hey, if you complete this course, then we'd love to invite you um, back to reapply and things like that. Because we always want to see people get better. Uh, uh, one developer, um, he was rejected the first time. He reapplied a year ago. Uh, he, he reapplied a couple months ago, got accepted. And he said, oh, when I did the test project the first time, I didn't take it that seriously. And the next time I actually took it seriously, like it was a client project. So, and then he got accepted. And so we do always try to give some good resources out there. Uh, that being said, uh, I'm always happy to get on a call and talk to anybody, no matter where they are in their career. We've had developers pass our stuff right out of a coding boot camp. It's rare, but it's happened. So, you know, it, we kind of will, we'll look at anyone and try to uh, see if they're a fit for us. And if not, we'll try to get feedback as appropriate. That's cool. Not every single hiring process, whether it's contractor or staff should be that way where it's transparent. I really like that. So on the, on the topic of feedback, I suppose, um, you, your, your, your job at Codable um, seems to be interfacing with these um, experts, with these WordPress experts. What, what, what does your day-to-day -day look like? What, what are you 
you know, doing for, for Codable and for these WordPress experts? Yeah. So my job's two-sided. So this is, I need to find a better way to phrase this, but I look at our experts as inside and outside sales, you know? So the outside sales, even though it's not sales is talking to people that are not yet in our ecosystem, those developers that are not codable experts. So half my job is focusing on sourcing, recruiting, finding new experts for the types of jobs that we have. For example, we have a big need right now for um, sysadmins. You know, there's not a lot of people that would call themselves sysadmins. And, you know, most sites don't have their own server, most clients don't, but some clients do and they need somebody who needs to manage that. So we try to fill those holes and gaps where it might be. The other side is trying to support the community as it exists. So um, helping our diverse our um, groups um, feel like they're heard. So we have our Women of Codable group and, you know, trying to listen to their concerns and see how we can support them. Um, our LGBT group, um, you know, try to make sure those experts feel appreciated. We use an app on Slack called Donut, which matches our experts one-on-one if they opt in every week to meet each other. And they have an opportunity to go into a donut lottery to have time with our, C- our co-founder and CEO pair. Um, so we're trying to basically just have conversations and facilitate cross-expert communication as much as possible. And my job is there is to take their feedback about the product, about the process, about the work, and distill that back when we make changes. Um, For example, we just made a change to the profiles. Uh, That change was not celebrated by some of our experts and we had to listen to that feedback and uh, we did make some changes in the application about that. Because at the end of the day, whenever we make a change to the app, it doesn't just affect the business of Codable. It doesn't just affect our clients. It also affects the livelihoods of 600 WordPress developers. And we are looking specifically for that. In fact, we're actually hiring a, an inside community person who their job um, is basically to be a full-time advocate for those devs while you know myself and Chris kind of focus on overall strategy of our, the community at a higher level because uh, I want someone that's, fully dedicated as their voice. And um, I do my best to do that, but, uh, you know, only have so much time in the day and then mm-hmm. I have to do stuff like this. Um, and then later <laughs> I'm speaking at the New York City WordPress meetup and then um, today and I'm just trying to talk to people. Busy day. I'm glad we got a, a sliver <laughs> of your time. <laughs> um, so, um, do do any of these um, you know experts ever you know come to you or or the other person you mentioned for maybe like I don't know like uh, business development advice from their perspective since they're kind of I guess I, I'm trying to understand maybe a little bit about the relationship between Codable and the experts. Obviously, Codable is facilitating the work happening. Um, but how much is there, like how tight is the business relationship there in terms of them being like working for you or on your behalf, or are they really trying to build their own businesses? Sure. Yeah, definitely. So Codable owns all the clients and the experts are subcontracting um, for Codable. Now we do give tools to try to help the experts um, have reoccurring revenue. For example, if they completed a project and 
they want to do monthly updates on that. They can offer the client reoccurring maintenance plans and those will auto charge and the ability for experts to pull in other experts with our ad hoc teams. But yeah, a lot of my conversation is just looking at the communications that our experts might have with clients and offering suggestions and how they can phrase things better and what strategies they can to fulfill whatever goals they're looking for. Um, a lot of a lot of our experts, their full-time incomes come from Codable and they want to maximize and monetize that. Uh, something that uh, we did recently was uh, David Papadreas, who kind of started the Codable community and since he's moved on to uh, new opportunities um, that we're excited for him about, is he sent an email out to all experts saying, hey, touch base with every client you've ever had saying, hey, just want to see how the site's going that we haven't talked in a while. And that alone generated thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of dollars in work across mm -hmm. the platform, just a simple little message and, you know, teaching best practices. One of our tenants, we have called it the book of Codable. We have 11 pillars is never estimate on the first communication. You want to build rapport. You have to, the client has to trust, you know, what they're best intentions are and that you understand the project. And we've done studies when you have at least a couple of messages back and forth, the client's more likely to convert to a paid client and other things like that, such as not creating conflict, helping each other, um, being collaborative. Um, and yeah, we, we're just trying to build up the best place for WordPress clients to find the best developers they need to fulfill their goals but for the, be the best WordPress developers to make as much um, as they want on our platform um, without having to deal with a lot of the annoyances that might exist elsewhere. You actually like hit on something that we wanted to ask about uh, when you were mentioning the like recurring maintenance and the ad hoc teams, which ad hoc teams, that's really cool. I didn't know about that. Um, but you, you try to retain the clients, basically. You try to keep the clients connected with like an expert that they already have a relationship with like how does that look like on the back end i'm curious do you like associate them with each other or do clients specifically ask for someone by name yeah so if it's a brand new client they can view all the experts on uh on our directory on codable.io and search for like keywords like ninja forms and find all the experts that are certified for ninja forms and then if they find one they like they can hire that person directly and post a project it's called a preferred project where that expert is the only one who will see it initially and then they can accept or not accept the project but let's say a client found an expert the project went well and they were really happy. So the work, we call it workrooms. It's what the project is. Most workrooms, what you'll see if the projects, if the client's been around for a while is you'll have initial project of let's say $2,000 and that $2,000 project will be hired, paid, complete, five-star rated, good. And then the client will just use that workroom kind of, and then it'll be a private workroom just between them and the hired expert. And just use it as a sounding board. Oh, I need this. I need this. I need this. And then the expert will just do what's called an add-on task. Say, oh, I can do that for five hours or two hours or whatever it is. And then the client will just accept or not accept it. So it's not uncommon to see a workroom where the initial project is $2,000, but the entire workroom value is like $50,000 because of just all these add-on tasks. Now, the client also has the choice to post a brand new project 
in a new workroom that's public or to a set of preferred experts if they so choose. It kind of depends on uh, what the client's needs are. And sometimes experts, you know, um, ha- their circumstances change and they might have a new career, some, you know, uh, um, and decide not to be on Codable anymore, but that's pretty rare. Um, 90, what was it? Like not over 99% of all projects are rated five out of five stars on Codable. So, uh, we're very proud that our clients are usually are almost always happy. And if they're happy, they'll usually go back to the same expert because it's very rare. A client has a single need and will never have a need again. Um, but we also try to encourage our experts to touch base and check in because sometimes clients don't know when there's an update to WordPress that might affect something that maybe they want to do a test on staging before pushing out the, the newest update to 5.0 or whatever the case may be. Or what's this new Gutenberg thing I'm hearing about? Will that affect me? And um, and so we try to educate our experts to find those opportunities and reach out to the clients to be proactive as well so that it's not, oh, no, my site broke. Please help, because we mm-hmm. want to avoid those situations as much as we can. <laughs> Sounds like uh, even just agency work in general, like we have a lot to learn from uh, what you guys are doing over there at Codable. Not that I'm trying to, like, uh, you know, uh, get all your secret sauce here, but... Um... Yeah, you can, you can apply as a boutique agency. Yeah. Well, I was going to, I was going to ask about that, uh, that process. So, you know, what is the, is the process different when, when you're a individual looking to become an expert on Codable versus a boutique agency? Yes, it is harder for a boutique agency to get accepted than it is for an individual expert to get accepted. Um, you will basically it boils down to you have two test projects instead of one test project. So if you're applying as a single expert, you can choose front end or full stack for your test project. When you apply as a boutique agency, you get to do both. So mm-hmm. and you have to pass both. And we're stricter on boutique agencies because we want to make sure that if an agency is on our platform that there'll be no that they can do everything that our platform might have where if it's an individual they know they know what their they know what their limits are so cuz sometimes agencies might have a project manager engaging in the workroom but there might be other devs doing the work we want to make sure that you know that agency can handle both front end and full stack where if it's a single dev they might just not ever touch the back end stuff and just focus on front end and they're happy. But so that's why we're a little bit more picky on, on agencies, but, uh, and there's a little more training that you have to do if you get accepted, but not much. It's basically an extra project and an extra class. <laughs> you mentioned uh, project managers. So are those on the codable staff side or are they contractor side? Uh, Every expert is in charge of managing their own project. Um, But there are some experts who are really, really good at client communications, and they utilize our ad hoc team feature. And the ad hoc team feature allows a codable expert to invite other experts to do work on a project and then figure out how they want to do the rev split there. And so we have some codable experts who they just deal with the bidding and client communication and pull in other fellow Codable experts to do the actual work because they don't like talking to clients. That's not their skill set. They want to sit and code. So um, now the only exception to that is we do have a product called Rent-A-Dev. Uh, Rent-A-Dev is our um, 
our like VIP placement service where a client says, I need this many devs for this many hours a week. Um, you'll have an in-house codable staff project manager for that um, if you're utilizing that project. But that's something that you have to contact us about and talk to our sales team directly about. It's not something you can just post on Codable just because of the boutique bespoke nature of those engagements. I heard I heard things like recurring maintenance and things like that, that, that you're coaching your your experts uh, in order to to make sure they maintain their what am I trying to say here <laughs> their uh, their income right I mean a lot of that's going to apply to you know agencies outside of Codable too right definitely I was going to say something I used I've given out a lot of word camps and people think I'm crazy for this is uh, consider charging for emails if you're an agency I'm not even kidding five dollars an email. I'm not at all kidding. Um, I know people that do this for who do this at big agencies in the Twin Cities. And it's amazing how concise and how many less emails you'll get from a client if all of a sudden there's a $5 per email charge. Um, <laughs> now, is that a, a per, per email from, from you or, or you know, to from you? the client, from the client to you? Okay, interesting. So, um, you know, so you'll, it, it, it stops those one-offs like, mm-hmm. Hey, I thought about this. Hey, I thought about this. Hey, I thought about this. Um, and so that's something that's, you know, important to think about, uh, when you're looking at talking to, and we, t- we talk about this at Codable too, with our experts, figure out what the client's needs are, because what the client says they want might not be what the goal of the actual project is. And sometimes what we think might be best practice might not affect what what their KPIs are, what, you know, kind of what they're going for. So, you know, I always like to have a conversation when I was doing agency work, what it what will be success? What is success for this project in a year from now? And if you ever had those former clients where the honeymoon period's over, you know, where you launch a site, the site's pretty, they're happy with it. You contact them a year later for something and they're no longer happy for some reason. The site's not doing enough or it's not what they expected. And most of that boils down to not asking the clients for their goals at the beginning and figuring out why does this site exist? And they'll be like, oh, we want a new website. Why? Oh, because our old one sucks. Why? Oh, we need more sales. What does more mean? Mm-hmm. And, you know, just keep digging until you have written, agreed numbers on what those specific measurable, attainable and time, um, uh, you know, um, timely goals are so that there's no ambiguity. Because honestly, the, the little bit that like half a percent where we have issues with our codable clients, uh, like half of half of one percent, it's because of miscommunication and we're not setting expectations correctly. And it's up to us as the experts to educate the client what they don't know, but also to listen about why this site exists. Uh, best example I could think of this is I had, I talked to somebody at a WordCamp and it was in Canada and they had a utility and they said, oh, I had a client who said, I care about bounce rate. That's my number one concern. I care about bounce rate. And they're like, okay, great. So they did all this work and did this huge proposal and on how to uh, reduce the bounce rate. And the client was unhappy. They were like, this, makes, this is not what I wanted at all. I want the bounce rate to be as high as possible. And the reason why is they were a public, 
They were a public utility. To them, success was people finding what they wanted on the first landing page, mm-hmm. finding the answer and leaving. How do I pay my bill? Is there a blackout? This and that. But if we don't ask those secondary questions, a lot of times we won't even know. We won't even know what the client's asking. So have written down before you even estimate what is your success factors? What's, you know, what's, what's objectively, sorry, what, uh, what's objectively going to mean this project's a success or not? Not is it pretty, not does it look nice? What is the purpose? And then you can tie reoccurring initiatives to that, like SEO or marketing or maintenance plans and say, if we hit this number, then this contract will be renewed another six months. And then if we hit that next number and then blah, blah, blah. And it's a great way to get reoccurring revenue and clients will be happy. And the way I sell it is, hey, client, this will be the last new website you ever have to do in your life because the website of today is going to be very different than the website of two years from now because we're going to be adjusting it and testing again for that goal that we talked about day one, instead of just building something, throwing it out there and saying, okay, talk to you in five years when you're up, when you don't touch it and then you need to rebuild it again. Um, so there's a great web, there's a great thing by Luke Summerfield. He's a good friend of mine called growth driven design. Check it out. It's a great framework um, for web agencies. Um, so I know like you spend like your whole job is basically coaching the uh, experts. What way, like what methods do you use to coach them? Like, is it always one-to-one coaching or do you have like an LMS? Do you do like host events for like educational events for them? Like, how does that all look? Yeah. I wouldn't say the majority of my job is coaching our experts. It's serving our experts. Um, Having a community role is I think having a servant heart and figuring out how you can best serve them. Um, and sometimes that means helping if you can. Um, but yes, we do have our Codable Academy. So we have um, our, all, our own LMS. We have our Codable Community, which is a place where um, we post knowledge-based articles, things like that. Um, we do do events um, such as expert um, um, expert talk nights, where one of our experts will share a topic that they're on, and that's hosted by one of our other experts um and they we do those once a month uh we do some fun events some a lot of our experts plan their own fun events like game nights and that these are things that are not even official codable things but um you know i know the women at codable they do a game night every friday and uh, you know so we try to uh, engage with as much as possible um we also try to um check in on new experts after 45 days, see how they're doing, see, you know, what, what we can help with, look at their stats, you know, see what their ratios are, compare them to the averages. Um, and sometimes it's one-on-one my, you know, every, everyone knows how to book on my calendar. Um, so I'm always ha- happy to have calls, but we also sometimes host um, recorded things and replays and, um, and we're evolving. We're trying to, we've seen what works. We're trying new things and, um, what we do today is probably going to be different than what we do a year from now. And um, as we add to our team on the community side, there'll probably be even more changes, but we want to be able to serve our experts in as many ways as possible, whatever makes sense for them in whatever format that is. I think I, I, I feel like I just have kind of one last kind of big ish question related to codable related to agencies and all that sort of stuff. Um, 
because this is the meeting of the agency and the codable uh, <laughs> here today. Um, so do you, do you have an idea why, um, why any sort of client or maybe a certain types of clients might, might come to codable versus finding an agency for this kind of work? It, it it is interesting. So we do have agencies that are our clients too, as well, but we also have a lot of single sites too. Uh, it kind of depends. Sometimes it depends what they're looking for. Codable is partners with some of the largest WordPress hosts and plugin providers, and they give us resources to make sure that we, if they have an out of scope request that our experts, you know, have direct line of contact to be able to fulfill and service their clients. So sometimes it's, Hey, I'm using this plugin and the plugin provider says, Oh, we don't do customization, but Codable does customization and they're certified on our, you know, to use our stuff, check them out. So some of it's just, you know, that simple, but it also kind of depends what people are looking for. Sometimes people don't, always know where to look for agencies. Sometimes they're not sure if there's a true local agency. Um, it also kind of depends on uh, what the niche is. If it's a quick fix, sometimes people just prefer to go to a place, post a job and just get it done. Um, but at the end of the day, it's all about building relationships. And that's what we hope we're doing with our clients so that it's not just like a one and done transaction so that our experts can build these relationships with our clients. Uh, and we do have a, we do have, you know, our boutique agencies on the platform that find some amazing long-term clients that they've had for years um, just on the platform. So uh, I, I don't know if that's exactly the answer for the pl- thing, but uh, there's a, there's enough work for everybody. And, you know, there'll always be kind of clients that are always do it yourselfers. And there's always going to be people that are always going to go to the fancy downtown agency that has the fancy office. And then there's the entire spectrum in between and codable services, people that would normally go to like an Upwork or an Elance, but are looking for WordPress specific. And that doesn't mean that there isn't a place for more traditional, um, um, remote agencies or more traditional WordPress agency agencies. It's just, you know, different clients looking for different things at different points. I really appreciate the insights. I barely knew anything about Codable up until today. So excellent. Um, yeah. Thank you for all of that. Uh, is there anything you wanted to plug? Uh, sure. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at MP Mike used to stand for Mouse Planet Mike. That's probably the best place to reach me. Um, my DMs are always open. Twitter is basically my, uh, as Matt Cromwell will say, my uh, bat signal. If you DM me on Twitter, you probably will get a response. Um, check out Codable at codable.io if you need work done or you're a developer. Um, you know, we'd love to have a conversation and we have a wonderful team. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Thank you very much. Uh, It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you so much. Once again, thank you to Mike for being on the show today. Check out the episode description for links to things mentioned in the show. And don't forget to send your questions, thoughts, and fan mail to podcast at blackbird.digital. And you can find us on Twitter at InTheLoop underscore WP. If you're interested in having a WordPress website custom built or want to join a team that does that, head over to our site at blackbird.digital and send us a message. 
Thank you for listening to In the Loop, and we'll see you next time.